Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, review it based on just that alone, ignoring anything else we might know about the show's future run. This week we're going to be talking about The Munsters. The Munsters ran 70 episodes over two seasons on CBS. Episode 1 was called Munster Masquerade, and it originally aired September 24th, 1964. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Ferg, Joe, Gordo, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Oh! hey What is it, you? So, uh, yeah, before we even get into it, I just want to mention that for the entire month of October, we're going to be doing all Halloween-themed shows. I'm not going to tip our hat as to what the next few will be, but this is week one of four for our all-Halloween-themed October. Woo! And additionally, you can find us on s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links, where to listen to us, and where to follow us on our social medias. So please subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff, spread the word, let everyone know we exist. But getting on to the Munsters. Guys, I assume everyone has watched the Munsters at some point, but just in case, I got to put it out there. Has anyone not seen it? I've seen every episode thanks to Munster Monday on Nick at Night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. All those old Nick at Night marathon weekdays were so fun. You know what was weird to me is actually, you know, I said it at the top during the intro, but two seasons. Yeah, that stood out to me too. But two 70 seasons. episodes? So they were yeah, like... 35 episodes a season is a long season. So that's not like True. a standard how things go now, but even then, I mean, 70 episodes is still a decent run, but yeah, two seasons makes it sound really short. That's crazy with the time, like, crossovers weren't like a huge thing, but it's weird that they never had a, like, Adam's Family crossover. Well, they... Well, so Adam's Family and the Monsters both came out about a week apart. They both debuted in 1964, since you mentioned it. So um, it's interesting because ABC had the Addams Family where CBS had the Munsters. So, I mean, is it a big coincidence? I mean, it seems really weird to have two very spooky Halloween-like family sitcoms debuting a week apart from each other on rival networks. But what do you guys think? You think that's a coincidence? And in the month of September, too. So definitely leading up to a Halloween. Well, September is kind of the classic new season of TV start time. Yeah, then. a lot of shows debut September, October. New fall lineup. You think like some executive just got like fighting? Fine, I'm going to my own monster show on another network. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're doing crossovers, I would have preferred a crossover with this and Hogan's Heroes. It's just like Herman Munster stuck in a Nazi camp. <laughs> I'd watch that yeah, all I mean, day that long. Makes, I guess that makes more sense. <laughs> Be more fun. But uh, yeah, so Munster is pretty classic show. I think we've all seen it at some point, but we will try to ignore. Anything we know about the show and just kind of review it with a fresh set of eyes for the uh, purpose of our format. So starting with the opening scene, it opens up with this young couple just kind of kissing at the end of a date. She invites him in to meet her aunt and uncle because they've, uh, they've been seeing each other for a little bit now. So she thinks that's the natural progression and because they're old fashioned. And he tells her that his parents are throwing a party soon and he'll just get them to invite them over to the party. Uh, I think I thought it was kind of weird. Like, why didn't he just come in at that point? Uh, well, the but, same thing. Like, well, yeah. why is that better than meeting them tonight? Yeah. Why don't you come in and meet my parents or my uncle and aunt? And it's like, I have a better idea. Let's just have them come by to a party and I'll meet them for the first time alongside of my parents. <laughs> How about awkwardly, we put them in a situation where there's a hundred other people when I could just come in, shake hands, say hello. Right. And then leave. Yeah. And she pushes hard at first, too. She's like, I've lived with them since I was a baby. They're my only family. They're old-fashioned. You think he would have been like, 
Yeah, okay. And it's a little sexually subversive, I want to say. say that guy's that guy's very rapey, like at the at towards the end of the episode too, yes. I got that vibe very at much. At the beginning and the end. At the beginning it's not as much, but he's still very forward with her. But wouldn't you think all the more so he'd want to find an in to go into the house? Yeah, exactly. Right, or at least to like get and go with the parent of the aunt and uncle. I mean, it is awkward meeting the family. <laughs> I would think that would be easier than hey, come to this party, like but that was also like par for the course in that era too. Like you know, a lot of people they didn't go out on their own. Basically, let's call it what it is. That that was all just for the plot. Because if he had gone in and met them, then he would have ran off, and the episode couldn't have. Right? They're it. trying to they're trying yeah, to postpone true. it. So because because literally moments after he goes to give her another kiss before he leaves, and we see basically Frankenstein looking through the window uh, as they kiss. Do I have to be that guy? Do I have to be the dickhead guy who says Frankenstein's monster? Right. I'm sorry. Frankenstein's monster. Thank uh, you. My apologies. Yeah, you are that dickhead. I want to be the dickhead in the comments who are like, oh, fucking course, Joe said Frankenstein's monster. Oh, he's too fucking good for Someone a sitcom. Someone got his later on. So you're, you're right. You're right. My bad. fucking dab on those people in the comments. <laughs> so, yeah, get uh, out of our comment section, you nerds. You know what, nerds? Comment all you want. We appreciate anything. If you want to comment, you know, we'll take the negative too. But yeah, so anyways, uh, these, this Frankenstein's monster-looking character, who's um, Herman Munster, uh, it cuts back to the inside of the house, and now he's like kind of smiling, and he walks over to his wife, who has a very Bride of Frankenstein look, and uh, he mentions that this is like the fourth date, and so they haven't been dating that one, it's like four dates, but Lily says it's nice how some boys will overlook a girl's appearance, but to go back, Marilyn is a very, very attractive blonde girl. And they just happen to be monsters, so uh, to them, she's hideous. She's blonde? I thought her hair was gray. It is, in, <laughs> I guess, in our format, yeah. It is a, it is a black... Waka, 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 waka. Ah! <laughs> Watch out for the icy patch. Well, we're doing the Munsters, so I figured I should make some jokes that were cheesy. The Mupsters? Oh, man. I wanted to make a cheese joke, and I never got, got it. to it, and you beat me to it, you son of a bitch. Your cheese jokes are no Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck you, Gordo. <laughs> fuck you right in your face. <laughs> oh, this, I quit. Yeah. For those of you who are listening only, Gordo flashed a box of Cheez-Its over his screen, which is one of Joe's favorite snacks that he can't eat anymore because his stomach's broken. <laughs> you gluten-free bitch. I'd blow like nine cops for a box of Cheez-Its right now. My cops? I don't know. A cop just drove by. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness so uh I so anyways can talk. i just say because my my zoom was cutting off there so you all kind of cut it and out i never realized <laughs> that lily was uh, uh the bride of frankenstein she's I always, not he she's, she's a not, vampire lily's the, lily's the niece no uh, lily no, is no, the lily's wife. a wife and she, oh, she's a vampire marilyn's a niece i thought she was like doing the bride of frankenstein type look no i always thought she was a vampire i got i'm with jay i thought bride of frankenstein yeah, no, she's a she's a vampire. Well, her father's a vampire. Yeah, but Bride of Frankenstein's hair is poofy and up. Right, and but has she, that... she's just supposed to be like one of the like female vampires from the old um, Dracula movies, like like one of the Dracula's brides. You know, Tatey. Well, I guess it's not like... specific to anyone. Maybe we're both a little right. Maybe we're all. Maybe they took a little from A, a little from B, or agree to disagree at this point. <laughs> but... I would I would say like she's a vampire because Grandpa's her grandpa. It's is her dad, but. Then where does Eddie come from? So I, that really doesn't matter. Well, I was going to say that brings up later on that how does a Frankenstein, how does a Frankenstein and a vampire make a werewolf? 
Well, we'll get yeah, we'll get into all that as we meet the other characters. But I like this is like an ethics question in college. Like, <laughs> trying to make, we're trying to make sense of this. That's a whatever. long, that's a long running debate. Is how those two creatures make a will. I've heard that many times. So Marilyn walks in and tells them how they're both going to be invited to this party next week, and Herman's happy because he wants to meet the parents because he said there's a lot of strange people in the world. So there's a lot of tongue in cheek jokes because we are acknowledging that they're monsters, but. They don't really get into it, right? So, but it is acknowledged that these are not typical human beings. So, uh, just so you know, I just looked on the Wikipedia, and Lily is a vampire. Okay, so all right, thank eat you, it, Jay. Thank you, Gordo, for your extensive Wikipedia search. I feel like it's been a while since you've been our Wikipedia go-to guy. So, thanks for getting back into your old habits. No problem. Yeah, like the, one of the reviews for the podcast is like a good mix of humor and Wikipedia facts, and I was like, God <laughs> damn it, Gordo. <laughs> So she heads up, but before she uh, makes it to the stairs, lets them know that it's also going to be a masquerade party, uh, which they're not a fan of those kinds of parties because they don't like when adults dress in costumes and look ridiculous. So it's another lot of uh, like winky jokes towards the fact that they are classic monster characters. But, you know, it's tough for like a show like this always has a really goofy premise, but you would think like. Marilyn acknowledges that her family are all like undead monsters, right? So, like, why is she confused with, uh, you know, we'll get into this later on, I guess, when there's more interactions with other people, but. Because they raised her since she was a baby. She says it at the beginning. So she's only seen them. I mean, now she goes into society. Sure. So she's been raised with them, but you would still acknowledge that she's getting older now, that these are the only people she knows in existence that are like that. So even though it's not weird to her, she should at least acknowledge that it's different, right? Yeah, she's not out looking for Frankenstein monster boyfriends. Right. Is she a vampire? No. She's, she's like, that's why, they, that's why I think they make her the niece and not just the daughter. She is the daughter of Mr. Hyde. Is that established later? It's in one of the movies. Okay. But what movies? This is the first episode. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know. I think that's why they make her the niece, though, just to keep away from why she's not a monster. Okay. Yeah, I definitely knew that. So, yeah. So she heads up and then we get into the intro and the intro is just kind of this kind of like kind of gooey, gooey, monstery font that says the monsters. And we kind of see the whole cast one at a time as um, Lily's standing at the bottom of the step. So she's kind of saying goodbye to everyone one at a time as they either go to work or school or whatever it is. Did anybody get a Jetson vibe from this? Get a what what vibe? The Jetsons. Yep. Very much the opening of the Jetsons. Same exact kind of premise, right? The mother is seeing them all off to their day. I just love when when she kisses Herman, his walk away, and he shakes his head. Herman has this big smile and shakes his head. He's like, he's such a lovable character. He is so lovable. Fred Fred Gwynn, like, R.I.P. Fred Gwynn, R.I.P. Yeah, he is, uh, he plays the part really well. Yeah, does. You know what I think was funny was, you know, I looked it up and he's 6'5", which is pretty tall, don't get me wrong, but not as tall as like, I would have, like, I know people at that he height. He wears so. lifts too on the show to make him seem taller, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing like those big boots. He's got like platform boots on. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, that does um, extend it out a little bit. But yeah, no, so the intro is great. It's pretty simple. The riff is Such timeless now, but yeah, yeah, very catchy song. It It did a really good job of having this like, monstery old time vibe but it's upbeat so it works and then it's got the up upbeat part on top of it right so it, it mixes the fact that it's a family sitcom and a monster show at the same time and Jeez. then later to be sampled by uh <laughs> by fallout boy with that uh, uh uma thurman song which is 
It's a terrible, terrible song by Fall Out Boy because they've mailed it in over the last decade. Be better, Fall Out Boy. Be better. It's a really, really bad song. But The Uma Thurman song? Yeah, but if you love the Munsters theme, give that a listen because they <laughs> use the riff in it. No, no, no. I know the song. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah, that song. I don't awful. know that song. You do love Uma Thurman. I do love Uma Thurman. The, the song makes no sense. Well, we can't play it because we don't have the licensing rights, so I would encourage That's all right, of you so to Jay listen to it. Jay will sing it. Go, Jay! She's got the moves like Uma Thurman. I'd like if that's what got us in trouble. Jay singing for eight seconds. So yeah, so we'll leave that one right there. Have we gotten to the grandfather yet? No, we haven't. And we and we actually won't for another minute. So yeah, so actually the next scene after the intro, well, we see the grandfather in the intro really quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we Al see Lewis. that he's kind of like a classic Count style vampire. And I guess to go into it as well, we also see Eddie who is the son, who is a kind of Wolfman-type character. So they kind of cover as much of the classic monsters as they can. Which is weird that you would think that they'd make Lily a mummy. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, All right, mummy. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, yo. I was going to correct you. <laughs> what? But yeah, coming out of the intro, we see uh, Tom talking to his parents now about inviting the, um, the monsters to the party. And his mother doesn't mind inviting Marilyn because they've been, you know, on a few dates, but the whole family seemed like a bit of a stretch. And she also makes this note that she hopes that they don't misspell their names on the invite list so people don't think they're hosting a couple of monsters. Ha, I reckon ha, ha, she's ha. played off to be like a bitch, but I fully agree with her. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same. It's a, it's a, it, you know, they only have so much room. So it'd be like, oh, this girl I'm dating. And then like, can her whole family come too? But I also wanted to go into what exactly is her accent? It's like this typical, like, snobby, rich voice that you would make if you were mocking it's it. It's a transatlantic accent. Is that what it's considered? Yeah. And I also thought that even though Tom looks a bit older, even next to Marilyn, for those to be his parents, they look super, super old. The mom seems far too old. She's like an old lady with pearls on. She looks like Queen Elizabeth in the 70s yeah. or something. You know, it doesn't like make Later sense. on in the episode, she interacts with, like, Grandpa, and they look around the same age. Yeah, they look more compatible. Yeah, so he thanks the father after for helping out, kind of getting through to his mom. And like he's like, oh, you know how it is. And he's like, I, I haven't known how it is for years. And I was like, okay. I mean, it was, it was a joke. <laughs> Dirty monsters. You know the classic, I'm not getting any joke. <laughs> that joke exists even back then. It's, it's always gonna it's that's perfect it's like, i feel like the honeymooners have to have that too and i'm sure little orphan annie wasn't getting any at some point before <laughs> see little orphan annie she, sh- uh, she shouldn't have been because she's, she's like getting that child six goes <laughs> oh, no. that can't be a common bring back up michael jackson's not involved here <laughs> but all right moving past all that uh we cut to herman and lily at home and uh they had received the invitation and then He's looking at it, he's going, if the dailies are anything like their handwriting, they must fall over backwards a lot. And I'm like, huh? Is it kids like the curse of leaned? I thought that joke was a bit of a, they're just trying to place a joke in here. It wasn't the funniest at all. Yeah, they just had a second to fill and try to put something in. It just didn't yeah. land. I didn't even get it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, was, I mean, I'm just sitting there like, uh, I mean, is it just the way that the, the handwriting is formatted? I, I really, it wasn't a great joke. But uh, Lily's very nervous about what kind of family Marilyn could possibly be marrying into. Be- but like, also, they've only been on four dates. So why is it even a concern right now? Like, is 
were things moving that fast in 1964 that four dates in we're thinking like this is a, a permanent situation? Yeah. I mean, it's only 50 years ago. The world's not that different, right? You don't think that was what was going on. Joe, that's 70 years ago. 64? Yes, that's 70. 40 to 2000, and then we're 20 years past. What are you in 1940? It's 1964. He's saying 40 years. 40 years from 1964 to 2004. He's right. It's 60 years. It's 56 years. It's not 56 years. It's 64 years. It's almost 60 years. What, year, 60 did years. what, what, year, what year is it in the thing? I'm, I, I'm so glad I'm we get a clip. We can do it. I don't look like the idiot. This makes me so what, what year is it? Can someone 1964. 1964. So it's 2021. It's so 57 like years. Because I forgot it was 2021. It's 57 years. Yeah. I yeah. said 56. JJ. It's not 1990 anymore, boys. It, no, it's not, but it's Wait, not 70 years either. This? What are you trying to salvage? Gordo realized he was wrong by about 20 years, and he's just doubling down by, by <laughs> reminding us that it's not 1990. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us that it's not 1990 he's anymore. Going, I appreciate it. Squirrel! <laughs> yeah, he's trying to just distract it at that point. You got the mummy joke, and then you overreached. You should have just, just turned it off at that point and just walked away. That was the equivalent to, like, to Herman's bad joke. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, the grandfather uh, is upset because he wasn't invited to the party, and he said he hasn't been insulted since the day he died. I love that. And I was like, so I guess that's the first time that we acknowledge, like, even though they looked like monsters, I guess it's the first time that we're acknowledging that there's some sort of a supernatural element to their existence, right? And not just the yeah. fact that they look this way. Love a good monster pun, though, since the yeah. day I died. <laughs> well, then, do I have a show for you? <laughs> If you like a good monster pun. Like a vampire's dead, a Frankenstein's dead, monster's dead. Actually, technically, vampires are undead. Okay, but still, right? But and a, but a wolf boy. Yeah, but he's still young. He's still young, right? But so you don't die when you get become a wolf person, do you? Wolf person. It's the most PC weird thing ever. <laughs> when you become a wolf person. It's wolf man, damn it. The wolf person <laughs> lobby is not going to protest this episode. But you could make the argument, two dead people have a baby? Maybe they have a dead baby. Uh. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> what? Well, somehow they had a wolf either way. So, I mean, I don't know the logistics of all that to begin with. But, but the other thing, too, is like, I mean, <laughs> later on in the episode, like when the grandfather is talking and stuff, how is he not wanting to bite Lily all the time? Can anybody explain that to me? She's his granddaughter. Yeah, but he still has this like need to live, right? Isn't that like how that all works? Yeah, but he's not but, like insatiable. He can turn, but he can turn her into a vampire, right? That's how that works. I think they, but they don't realize that she's not one of them. They just think she's ugly. Well, I, th- well, I think you can oh. turn somebody into a vampire, or you can kill somebody, right? That's the vampire thing. You can do like a little bit of blood and turn them. It depends what lore you read. Basically, it's like some of them you just get bit, you're automatically a vampire. Some of them you bite them, and then they have to drink your blood. Sometimes you have to beat them in blackjack. You know, it really depends. <laughs> depends who the writer is. But um, yeah. So I mean, but yeah. So at this point, we're getting a little bit into the supernatural element of everything that's going on, and Grandpa just keeps like throwing his tantrum about it though and he says that what like i want to say i love his fucking voice <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah uh, about, uh, grandpa monster's voice is awesome we haven't talked about it too but al lewis who plays grandpa monster he's one of those dudes who our entire lives would just pop up in the weirdest stuff where it'd be like he would just be on howard stern randomly or he'd be like running for governor of new york randomly like he would always be around and he was always super funny yeah, at this point, he says that he'll use his magic to turn himself into chopped liver and hide in the hors d'oeuvres. 
I think that was his way into the party otherwise. I don't want to go to a party that has chopped liver as an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. Saying. But and you think if he has magic abilities, there's other ways you could sneak into the party that are like not being the food. But I mean, maybe that's his superpowers is just turning into food. Food transformation. I yeah. can be food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so to to kind of figure this out, Lily says that she'll call the uh the Daly family and see if he can come. So um during that phone call, Mrs. Daly kind of extends the, in, the invitation and says that that's fine. But as soon as she gets off the phone and speaks to her husband about it, she's not very happy about the situation, which I think that's pretty understandable. Even though in the show, they should be painted to be the bad guys. They were imposed on after already extending out and being good hosts. So, you know, I, I, I feel for them in this moment. Like, they don't even know these people. And now they're calling you and saying, hey, can we bring more people to your party? Well, he's going to bring more chopped liver, at least. He's not going to show up empty-handed. Right. So he's, at least he's got that. But that might just be a missing limb, right? <laughs> if he's if he's, he's just turning himself into chopped liver. So. I like it, too, because it's such like a mean girl thing. Like She's like, oh, of course, the more the merrier. All nice. And then immediately after, she's like, those, those assholes. You can't, what are you like, going to do? That's like, them. I feel like I would do the same thing. You put you put them on no, the I spot. Know. As soon as I hung up, I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? What? Be quick and lie on your feet. Oh, the house is small. We don't have any room. So. Yeah, so then, you know, she's after she's talking to her husband, she, she mentions to him that Lily had said, you know, when you live with someone for hundreds of years, they're just part of the family. So that's when I thought, is he not actually part of the family? Like, is he not the actual grandpa, but he's just been around for so long that they just see him as one of the family? That's the way that line was that. presented. Yeah, yeah that's that really either. interesting. Maybe, yeah. he, maybe he turned Lily, so he's her undead father. Maybe, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Because I was like, that doesn't really check. You know, when you really analyze that one line. So, you know, it is what it is. I think it's just something that kind of got brushed upon really quickly. And they probably, you know, didn't touch on that later on down the road. But who knows? You know, we're only talking episode one anyways. And uh, it, she also closes that by saying the only thing that can make this worse is if it rains the night of the party. Which, obviously, as soon as she said that, it was going to cut to showing rain outside that night. And then inside the monster's house is when we meet Eddie for the first time, who is the son. And he's just watching lightning outside and hoping that it hits their house. So I noticed too where the makeup for Grandpa and for Herman is really, really good. And the makeup for Eddie is terrible. Yeah. Like he's running around too much and like sweating it off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe it's like the long, like the end of a long day and the makeup's melting off from the lights or whatever. Well, I but imagine you can like too. See the seams. Part of that is like those two guys have to sit in a chair for like probably four hours to get that done. Like those prosthetics and all the makeup and stuff. More so for Fred Gwynn, obviously. But I don't think they could get a kid to sit down for that long. That, yeah, that they age, literally you know just I mean? paint a widow's peak on them. And that's basically it. No, it looked more to me like the hair was fake, too. And the whole thing was like a piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, too. And they just like didn't do a good job on the makeup of the seam, you know? Right. Maybe it was just he's not in the episode that much. Maybe they didn't feel like it was worth the effort for the pilot. So, you know, we then see um everyone else in their costumes is kind of coming up because of this masquerade party where... Marilyn is dressed as Priscilla. Uh, she just says Priscilla, but later on you find Priscilla Alden, who's one of like the early colonists uh, from Massachusetts, actually, or came here like on the Mayflower. Oh, Professor uh, Jay, please go on. <laughs> oh, I did a little bit of homework on it because I'm like, who is Priscilla? I, I was like, is there an old <laughs> reference I'm not getting? But I thought it was kind of an interesting choice for your costume. But and then Eddie tells her it's too corny and she should dress up like a lady gorilla or something pretty like that. <laughs> and even Marilyn's like she doesn't even think that that'll help her because she her self-esteem she thinks she's so ugly because uh the standard of beauty is so different in the monster house compared to like normal society 
if she so, had been a lady gorilla, then she definitely would have gotten some dicks out. Oh, dicks out for Harambe. Yeah, dicks out for Harambe. All right. You seem disappointed with your own joke. You said a joke, <laughs> and then you seem the most disappointed by it. <laughs> what, what was that? I thought it would get a better reaction than it they did. They didn't get it. They don't like Harambe enough to catch the dicks out for Harambe. Uh, oh, I, I get it, but when Joe oh. tells a bad joke, he gets silenced, too, so you get the same treatment. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> All's fair All right, yeah, let's bad joke in war. <laughs> also, though, Lily as Bo Peep, I know you're sorry, I know you're getting, oh. I just realized no, when ahead, you went to Herman, but I was going to say, she looked good. <laughs> I was weirdly attracted to her as Bo Peep. Well, that was like, part of the, like, the reasoning is they, they did her makeup where, you know, Herman, who walked in a minute prior, dresses like King Arthur in this giant, you know, armor sees her and he's frightened by her because her makeup makes her look more normal. I mean, obviously the dress is exaggerated because of the costume, but she's not walking in looking like a vampire. She looks more like a normal human. So he thinks it's frightening. <laughs> and he said something that's like, it's amazing what they can do with makeup. <laughs> yeah, her Bo Peep costume made him a little sheepish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also at this point, um, they have like a cuckoo clock, which is um, a raven, kind of the Nevermore, but... The, the raven who talks, it's not just spitting out the time, mentions that it's 8.09. And it's like, why would the, even any cuckoo clock, why would the, the bird come out not on the hour? Why didn't it just come out at I 8 o'clock? that's where you start questioning things, then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I actually have something similar to that thing. I just thought 8.09 just seemed really weird. If, I mean, like, that just seemed like an oversight to have that happen. No, I think it just shows that the, uh, that the, the raven is lazy. Um, Ferg's here with um, some sort of a clock. I don't know if the batteries are in it, but let's see. Nope. That's a letdown. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Give it a minute. Give it a second. Damn it. I think it broke. A bird's <laughs> supposed to come out of the front. <laughs> we might have to use this video clip because i think anyone who's just listening will have no idea what's going on i'm sure too the reaction for all of us is just like staring at ferg too like it's not interesting to watch <laughs> in the event that this entire clip to. comes out of the actual audio podcast this might still be a video exclusive <laughs> no the one thing i got earlier i mentioned that i thought the theme song was very uh jetsons i thought the raven in the alarm clock was very or the cuckoo clock was very flintstones yeah yeah Actually, like that's an actual animal totally, coming yeah. out and saying something. You think something. your job stinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we get a knock on the door, and it's Tom dressed as John Alden, who's um, the husband of Priscilla Alden. Now, quick question. We're from Boston. We're from New England. We should ostensibly know a lot about all these like colonists and everything. Have you? Are you familiar with either of them? Because I wasn't no. off the top of my head. No, no, I looked it up, like I said, just because I was trying to figure out who I Priscilla was. I think it probably was. has something to do with... I mean, I mean, I know there's a huge time gap, but like it was 60 years ago, so maybe they were more relevant then. Wait, Gordo, how many years ago was it? According to Jay, it was 57. <laughs> according to math, according to math, it was 57. <laughs> we, we've all been out of school for 20 plus years. It's yeah. possible that we were taught that and just don't remember. That's bad math, too. That would mean we all got out of school when we were 15. 20-ish years. <laughs> 20 years in, is in three years. <laughs> well, all of our teachers who never said we'd make it any, never said we'd make it and mount to Look anything. Look at us I hope now. Listen to this episode. Talking we're about a bunch the of monsters, giving bad math. 
<laughs> boring 30-year-old white guy. Miss Penny's just writing Fuck Jay's you. name on the board right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, 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 Jason. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we were all in the same... We're all in the same fourth grade class together, uh, the five of us, and uh, the teacher was not fond of me. <laughs> no, she, she was, was not. Us. It was a real 80-20. She liked all of us. She just hated yeah. Jay. <laughs> she, yeah, she that canceled was, That you. was the Norman school, though. We were pretty much loved, but she just hated Jay. A lot of people are not <laughs> fond of me. But to go back a second, the Alden House... Actually, you can go to the Alden House Historic Site in Duxbury, Mass. So maybe we'll do a group uh, trip one day, and we'll go check out so the Alden quack, House. So quack, 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 Mr. Duxbury. And then um, Tom notes that it's only raining uh, on their block when he showed up. And so apparently there's only, you know, maybe they create their own rain or something like that. But, you know, I guess it won't be raining at the party. And um, he meets the uncle and aunt for the first time, but Herman's mask never comes off because he's in that coat of armor. So they're trying to postpone the reveal of his face, right? Also, I love that Herman's like got a studded belt on. Is that part of typical armor? I don't know what that. No, I don't think so. He just looks really cool. He either looks super punk or like he's wearing like bondage gear. Yeah, I didn't notice this, the belt either. Uh, I'll, I'll take a screenshot of it and show it later. He's got like a like a really cool like heavy duty studded. He looks like Rob Halford. Oh. Hmm. So uh, Tom and Marilyn leave to go to the party, and then the rest of them are going to meet them there. And as soon as they leave, Herman's stomping on the door that's like on the floor, like a trap door. And he's trying to remind the grandpa that it's time to leave. And you cut to the grandpa downstairs and he has all these kinds of like potions and stuff in jars. And he says he's working on his costume. So these costumes essentially are all just bodies that you can morph into depending on what kind of potion you take, I assume. And he eventually pulls one out that's supposed to make him Mr. Hyde. And... He mixes that with like kind of like a soda water, like in a mug, and then he just drinks it, starts screaming and like gagging, and then goes to the ground and emerges up, and nothing happened at all. I thought that was really funny, actually. Yeah, because he plays yeah. it so, so crazy. He says what they, they like topped it off because he people thinks that they like cut it with water like or it's something booze. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So it's like, do you get your. Do you get your potions, like your magic potions, the way like drugs are bought? Is that how that works? You have to go to like a, a potion dealer and he's I cutting took, it now? I, I took it as like Herman's coming down, stealing his potions and then like banging Lily as other people. I thought the place he was buying from is like watering down the product to stretch it out. No, I, I think it was supposed to be like equivalent to like stealing your parents alcohol and then mixing it with water. So like they wouldn't notice. Yeah, that's what I, I, I took it's possible too. too. Yeah, me too. He doesn't try a different costume after that, which is weird. He just, like, gives up. <laughs> He's just like, well, fuck it. I'll go like this. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it cuts to um, the Daly's house where they're getting ready for the party. And the mother warns her husband in this exchange not to do anything to offend them when they come over. And then we pan right over and we see that Mr. Daly's dressed as, like, uh, Frankenstein's monster. So he looks just like Herman, essentially, now, while he's in costume. See, I don't like that joke. It was funny, but that means that Frankenstein, ex like, like the movies and, like, the books and stuff exist in this world. And I just figured right. he was that version of that. So it wouldn't exist in, like, literature and stuff. So it was, like, kind okay, of I meta. See what, I, I see what you're saying. I never thought of that. And I really, yeah, that's an interesting concept. I really like that concept, too. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, it's very confusing because they, that is he, so then is Herman Munster the original Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he would have to be, yeah. And does he star film and screen? <laughs> like, it's so they, like They fix his brain, I guess, and give him a more wholesome person to, that, that he continues on in afterwards. And they make him so funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back in the Munster house, they're getting ready to go, and the babysitter finally arrives for Eddie. 
And we see Grandpa must have nailed some sort of a costume because now he's going to be Napoleon. And I forget the combination of the three people that he mixed. I don't know if any of you guys got it. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde and Jack the Ripper. And he said Marlon Brando. No, oh, it wasn't, yeah, Brando. It wasn't those guys. Yeah. It was Marlon Brando and it was like uh, like a general and something Marseille, else. Marseille, I think. I know Marseille. General Marseille was one of them. Oh, maybe the Jack the Ripper and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was the first one. That's yeah. when he was looking initially. Yeah, I think he was trying yeah. to be Mr. Hyde was his early attempt. And this was like a combination of three different ones to create Napoleon. But yeah, the laugh is supposed to be Marlon Brando. I don't get why he needs potions to put on a costume. It just makes him look like <laughs> yeah, himself. Yeah, I know, right? But like... Rent a French general's costume. Yeah, the, the potion, I thought, was going to change your whole appearance, not yeah, just I, your Yeah, I should have just been a different actor. Right. That's another novel concept. I mean, Al Lewis is so funny. That would have been a bummer to not have him in it. But it would have been really funny if it's just like a suave, younger guy dressed like and Napoleon. Then, and then you do the voiceover the entire time where it's still his voice. Yeah. They should have just gotten yeah. the guy who does Napoleon in Bill and Ted. Yeah. That is the greatest Napoleon on screen of all time. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> Something strange is a foot at the circle, K. What a loo. Ziggy piggy. <laughs> When, uh, so, so they get to the party, and then uh, Mrs. Daly greets them at the door. When uh, when Grandpa goes to kiss her hand, he almost goes for the bite until he gets hit with that Boo Peep stick. So that was like the one little him being a vampire shines through. That was like the one time they really went for it in the episode. What are those things called? Those Boo Peep sticks? Like the yeah, staff. staff. Or a crook. A staff or a crook. A, yeah, I they're a crook. I think it's a crook. I think it's a crook. Because oh, okay. of Dwight, Dwight Schrute letting us know that it doesn't taste like candy. It tastes like uh, sheep feces. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So then it cuts back to the babysitter at the monster's house. And she sees, like, the cat. And when she goes to, like, talk to the cat, it, it has, like, a lion-like roar. And um, then the phone rings. And it's Eddie upstairs requesting to skip his bath. So was that, like, an intercom system that they had through <laughs> yeah. the house? It's coming from inside the house. Yeah. I think it was, <laughs> it was just a phone, but it was Eddie being a kid. Yeah, but do they? It's not like he has a cell phone that he but can call rang. the house. Yeah, line. he had to call it from somewhere. That's why I was like, maybe, maybe at that time there was like some sort of a different intercom system that went through the house. That I feel like it. Yeah, like in '65, who would have two phone lines? Like Rockefeller, yeah, Elvis, and the president. Like that's all I can think of. Yeah, it wouldn't be like a common theme for him to have like the upstairs phone line. Yeah, I don't know. I never even thought of that. <laughs> so good call on that. Yeah, so we get back to the party again. It gets flashing back and forth, and then uh, everyone seems to be having a good time. And there's this like quick gag when the uh, grandpa tries to help Herman with his drink, and he just ends up pouring it all the way down his armor. <laughs> and then like a second later, he's like moving his leg, and you can kind of hear the drink sloshing around in the boot <laughs> because it's one giant like metal armor suit. And then uh, eventually, uh, grandpa is dancing with Mrs. Daly, and he mentions having like over a hundred wives who have all died. And uh, she's like, oh, you must miss them. He's like, no, I see them all the time. 167 of them. 167 wives. So, you know, Grandpa's been around for a I bit. I visit them regularly, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Marilyn is talking to Herman because she wants him to introduce himself to Mr. Daly. But Herman feels like that's not the proper way to do it. And that as the host, uh, it's the job of, of the host to then walk up and greet all the people who attend your party, which is, I guess, technically the correct way. Yeah, he's yeah, right. No, he's not wrong. His logic is spot on right there. Yeah. So for a gigantic monster, he is a man of morals and, uh, you know, believes that, uh, you know, that is the proper way that, a, you know, a host should address him. So However, he, can, can you be high and mighty when you force your way into a party that you weren't originally invited to? Well, he did not. Herman did not know the situation and he was invited 
normally, right? Grandpa was the extra invite, and he didn't know that it was asked. And, and actually, technically, it was Tom's idea to invite them. So they were invited legitimately, even though the parents weren't happy about it. But uh, he does eventually cave in, and he walks over, and he sees uh, Mr. Daly, who is in a Frankenstein's monster costume. And uh, he doesn't really realize it's a costume, so he just, you know, he just thinks he looks familiar. And he tells him that it's a shame that, you know, he's at his own party and is unable to find a costume and innocently walks away. But this very much offends Mr. Daly because he doesn't know that Herman looks the way he looks. So he's just like, what do, what do you mean? I'm not wearing it. Like, is he calling me ugly? I was expecting a wow, you're like handsome joke or something like that. <laughs> I think that would have been better writing, honestly, if it was just like, my God, he's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. something like that would have played way better. Franklin boy. <laughs> <laughs> And then we go back to the Munster's house again, because it's just flicking back and forth, back and forth. And it's, um, it's Eddie again, and he's howling because it's a full moon. You just hear him. You don't see him, but he's, he's just howling because it's a full moon. And he eventually calls up his pet. You see the shadow of the pet, and it was like, what was that supposed to be? Was it like a dinosaur? Yeah, he lives under the stairs. You know in the intro where they all keep coming out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like fire Spike, comes out Spike of it. Spike is usually there, and you see his face, like, breathe fire, but... I think, yeah, for the pilot, they didn't figure that out. When we're seeing the shadow of it for the first time, what kind of animal was that? would you think that is, other than a dinosaur or something? Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Or dragon. Maybe it's his iguana, but it's really close to a lamp, so it's casting yeah, a I guess that's shadow. True. Yeah, it, it could be that as well. <laughs> I hate that when my iguanas are that close to lamps. <laughs> Get away from that lamp, Iggy. And then this is actually one of my favorite parts back at the party is... Tom brings grandpa back to Mrs. Daly because he's trying to get them to talk more and he hands him a plate and he's like, oh, eat something. And she's like, oh, I'm sure that there's going to be something here that meets your appetite. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. And he just immediately goes and like grabs a chunk of the sterno and just like eats that. So like he's just eating like flaming rocks. So funny thing about that scene is that is one of the only things I remember from watching the the Munsters way back in the day when we used and to watch run. it. I just like distinctly remember that scene. I never knew it was the pilot, but I remember that and any scene that they move in fast motion because they love to use fast motion. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I love the the practical effect too of the smoke coming out of his mouth and everything. Like, yeah, right. That, after. That's they that's definitely just handed him a cigarette. That's probably what they did. Yeah, they put handed him a cigarette. He took a drag. He held it in his mouth and he blew it out. And they it works perfectly. Right. Like now that would be CGI. It would cost fifty grand and it would not look anywhere near as good. Earlier in the episode when he was trying to make his costume, when he made his little drink, that also had like the extreme smoke effect in it as well. That was probably just dry ice. Yeah. In that scene for sure. In that yeah. scene probably, but not in his mouth. Oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> that wouldn't be if safe. If so, he wouldn't have lived as long as yeah. he did. <laughs> not with a tongue at least. Yeah. I'm trying to remember though. What exactly is Sterno like made of? Those like things, like gel. what's inside of them? Is it just like a, a gel? gel? Yeah, it's like it's just some sort of. I've, I've seen it where it's like rocks, but I've also seen it where it's like yeah, like a gooey like gel yeah. shit. Yeah, so. the kind you get now is basically alcohol. But if you like uh, in Rocky, when he calls somebody a sterno bum, Polly, like basically what some people can, what you can do is you can burn off the gel, and then what's left is just alcohol, like straight, like terrible alcohol. Ugh. So Gross. you could drink that if you really, really wanted to get drunk. Ugh. I mean, if you can't find a bottle of booze, how common is just finding a sterno somewhere? <laughs> like, yeah, true. Well, if you go into a dollar store, you can buy the sterno things for like five for a dollar. Yeah, I mean, you can also buy you a can also fucking buy rubbing alcohol. Yeah, a gallon of uh, Gorton's gin. 
Well, it's all about what's accessible to you at times, right? So yeah. I guess I mean, I'm not arguing this store, either. Yeah, if the, if the liquor store is not going to serve you, you got to find out. You got to find a way. But yeah, after he eats a chunk of the flaming, we'll assume gel or rocks or whatever it's it on is, his face while he's he, doing it. Yeah, too. and then he puts uh, he, to be nice, he grabs some extra and puts it on her plate as well. <laughs> Sharing is caring. So then it's uh, it's time to finally give the prize for the best costume. And then different names all get mentioned, but finally they kind of land on Herman's King Arthur costume. So they ask him to take his helmet off once he receives it. And someone just thinks he's wearing two costumes. I think everyone's just assuming that he's wearing two costumes because underneath we see that he looks, you know, he has that Frankenstein's monster look to him. Yeah, some guy yells, he's wearing a mask under a mask. Yeah. I also love the guy's yeah. voice. He goes, come on, fella, take the, take the helmet off. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs so hard. <laughs> Old-timey voice. Yeah. There, come on there, fella. Mask on. <laughs> also, where do you buy a bottle of champagne that that's, that's that big? That's like a duty-free store. It was gigantic. Store. I noticed that. I was going to mention that, too. I've never seen one quite I've at that great size. great goose that big. It's comically large. It's, it's large on Herman. It's like duty-free right. bottles. Yeah. It looks like something that's meant for parties right it's meant for giant gatherings it's probably meant for like events not for like home use i thought it was like it was reminiscent of something that like you'd smack a ship with yeah <laughs> you know like it's like that comically like it's in the christening aisle of yeah. the yeah. store. <laughs> at your ship store yeah Go to the nautical next to the anchors the comment about him wearing a, a mask under his mask, Lily hears it at least, and she's offended. So, you know, she kind of riles them all up, and the whole family ends up leaving kind of upset. Marilyn takes off with them. Tom doesn't understand the problem because, you know, Tom doesn't know that that's his actual face, right? He, For all he knows, he is wearing two costumes. And this is kind of what I, what I mentioned earlier is the whole thing with Marilyn is I get that this is your uncle and your aunt and you love them. But there has to be some sort of acknowledgement, though, that you understand your uncle is a monster. Right? Like, she lives in the normal world. Even though she lives with them, that's her home. She lives in the normal society and sees people. She has to understand that this is weird to other people. So instead of being upset, you think she would explain, oh, my family's different. For the purpose of the show, I get it. But realistically... Maybe she was homeschooled. She doesn't go out very often. She doesn't... I mean, she's going on dates and stuff. Like, you would think she's somewhat exposed to other people. Like, she's not hidden from the world. It's it's a confusing thing. I mean, like, you should try not to look too much into the TV show about the wolf boy and everything and take it too seriously, but that's what our job is here. And by job, I mean this job that we get paid very much for. Right. So, yeah, so now we're kind of like... Oh, I know. It's because they insulted him. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and they left abruptly. But, again, it's... N- they don't know that they're <laughs> insulting him. That's the thing, is none of them know they're insulting him. They all think that that's... A mask. They don't know that monsters exist in their world. But even if it, like... But they clearly do, They though. did. It's him saying he's a mask is basically, even though they don't know, is calling him ugly, regardless of if monsters exist or not. You're saying his face looks like a mask of something else. But like, they don't believe that that's his real face. That's what I'm saying, is they think he's wearing a mask. Yeah, they don't think that he's really wearing... That's not his face. I get that aspect, but in their, like, world, like, that's his act... Like that's his actual face. So them even saying that that could be a mask, that's equal to like what Herman said to the other guy earlier that was dressed as him. Like I know I get why Herman's and Lily are upset. I'm saying if you're Marilyn or in Tom's case now, like his Tom doesn't know what's going on, right? So like he's confused too. He doesn't know that anyone did anything wrong to understand why Marilyn's upset with them now. If you're looking at it from his perspective, he has no reason to understand why she's upset. 
Yeah, I get him not understanding. Yeah. And he doesn't. He even says it when they go back to the house. I don't know what you're upset about, but let's fuck. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yes. I don't remember that line. I mean, that's that's what he gets all. That's what he gets all Hanley. Yeah. <laughs> My parents just gave your uncle a five thousand dollar bottle of ship breaking champagne. I don't yeah. know why you're so angry right now. Yeah, because uh, yeah, let's, we cut to later in the night, and the Munsters are back in their house, and Herman's just kind of reading, and she's having some sort of a hot drink, whether it be tea or coffee or whatever. And they're kind of still upset with how the night panned out. Marilyn and Tom are soon behind them, and he wants to walk inside, and so he does, and she like heads up first to like a change, and he walks into the living room and turns the light on, and then he sees them without their costumes for the first time, and now he's aware of this is how they actually look. And he just goes into shock. And they do like kind of the gag where his <laughs> hair, hair flips up. Yeah. Another great practical yeah. effect where they just like shot some air at his hair and it puffs out. And then he just bolts out of the house. They, they're not self-aware either because they don't understand why he's frightened. Yeah, he just makes the comment. He's like, looks like I scared another one away. That's no, that she said that. <laughs> she says I scared oh, she another one because, off. Yeah, because she thinks she's hideous. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, her. Oh, so she's God. under the impression that she scared another guy away. I watched away. this very late last night. And uh, so that's kind of it. It was like, he runs out the door and then, you know, it's Herman saying that there's something strange about him and that he had a, the weirdest haircut he's ever seen. Oh, yeah. And, he has the weirdest hair to ever seen. And that's it. And that's the end of the episode. See Rodney and, Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo. Hey, the weirdest haircut I've ever seen. Yeah, I hell I get no this. respect. Who cut his hair? I love more. Fred Gwynn so much, but the only way this could be better would be Rodney as <laughs> Herman. So I wanted to bring this up and I didn't know the perfect spot within the episode. But the whole premise of this costume party, the masquerade, I, if I was to have written this episode and basically kept the same premise, I would have thought the way to go about it would have it so that they went to a masquerade party, but they didn't know it was a masquerade party when they showed up. And then you could have had it all play out. So they all show up looking like monsters and vampires, and they fit right in with the rest of the party. And they live in a world, the monsters would assume that that's normal. So they don't think that these costumes are costumes. And then all the people that are there in costumes wouldn't know that they're not in costume, you know? But then how would they have the conflict? At the end, when he wins a costume contest, and then they could say, yeah, he's the most hideous one here or something. They could have just tailored the line that way. It'd be like that scene in Mask where they're like, hey, you in the back, take that mask off. And he's like, I, I can't. And then it gets really depressing. <laughs> I thought you meant the Jim Carrey mask. <laughs> no, I meant the comedy <laughs> not, mask. Rocky, not Rocky Dennis. <laughs> So instead of like having the, them dress up as Bo Peep and King Arthur, they could have easily had them just show up at the party as is. And then there would have been the confusion during the costume contest the same way. But that's just a nitpicky thing. That's how I would have did it, I guess. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, the writing in this, it's, it's one of those things where like, I think too, at this time, they probably never expected stuff to really get rewatched. And certainly didn't think it was going to be rewatched uh, 70 years later, like Gordo said. So I yeah. imagine that. Who'd have thought 132 <laughs> years later that a bunch of kids would be analyzing this? But yeah, the concept that when they're writing this episode in 1964, that five guys who weren't even alive when this episode was shot would be sitting here talking about it over their computers is not probably not how they thought this would go. Oh, shit. What, did you finally do the math and realize that you were wrong? Yes. He's been on his abacus. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, we're not anywhere near 2030. What? Wait, you what do you think we're in? He, I'll tell you what he did. He typed in 1964 in a calculator and then wrote plus 70. <laughs> Please tell, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 
No, that's 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 what you did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How well, high are you tonight, Gordo? <laughs> <laughs> not very. Not very high. This is just not this enough. Is just I guess. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Either too little or too much. Yeah, not enough. So, all right, guys. This is uh this is the end of the episode. We covered it. Anything else you guys wanted to say about the show as a whole? Any comments about the monsters? Uh, great cast. I think that Fred Gwynn is so good in this role. And um, yeah, I agree. You know, he's just so so funny, and I just can't. I feel like sometimes people just think of him from uh, Pet Cemetery, and uh, that that's what I think of whenever I see him as Pet Cemetery. You don't want to go on that road right there. Far like... from here. Yeah, sometimes dead's better. <laughs> Which, uh, as now a uh, uh, six weeks into living in Maine, that accent does exist and you do hear it uh, but that and my cousin Vinny, which are both great roles but i think sometimes people totally he's a judge about right this. in that movie yeah yep and uh but i think this is he's great in this and this is an easy thing to just throw into the background too right this is the kind of thing also don't forget to do. son-in-law oh wait he's not in son-in-law what um Polly shore movie is he in i don't think he's in the Polly shore movie he's in one of them I think you're thinking of the other lawyer who plays the dad and son-in-law from from uh my cousin Vinny. Well, any of that, you know, uh, at the time of our recording right now, it's we're recording this episode because I don't know when you're going to listen to it if you're not listening to it new. But it's uh, it's October 2021 when you're listening to this. And at this point, we've we've found out that there will be a Munsters movie being made by Rob Zombie. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it already. I'm 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 praying that he makes it with the same tongue in cheek funness that this show brings, because if you try to make it, he won't. If you try to make it creepy <laughs> and something more than it is, it's not going to land right. And additionally, if he can ruin Halloween, which is such a slam dunk, easy thing to do, he can ruin the Munsters because he doesn't understand the concept of horror or characters. Like, well, it's the I worst director I've ever fucking seen. Sorry. I don't feel as strongly about Rob Zombie as you. I thought a couple of his movies are pretty good. But if if he doesn't use what's his name? Is it Brad Garrett? Is that his name? Yeah, from yeah, Raymond, from everybody yeah. knows Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, if 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 he's not Herman Munster, then you fucked up. A uh, rumor is Kevin Nash, and I'm not kidding. I'd be okay with that, but I don't think that's the right pick. Well, I, but I love Kevin yeah, Nash. I'm, okay I'm wearing that. as we speak. I'm wearing an Outsiders T-shirt, so if it's Kevin Nash, I'm okay with it. But if it's not Brad Garrett, you messed up. Do you remember when Kevin Nash was in that Punisher movie, the one of the first uh, Tom Jane ones? Yeah, he was the he, Russian. He played yeah, the yeah, Russian. Yeah. He had like dialogue. And then they just cut it out because it was so bad. <laughs> he has z- he has zero lines in that movie after the cutting room. It's a tough to like that movie was corny and that character is such a parody of a Russian villain. Like so to play that right, I guess would be difficult. But we won't get into a big tangent about Kevin Nash right now. But yeah, so that's it, guys. That's that. I think that's we've covered everything we need to cover about the monsters episode one monster masquerade. So let's get into the green light or cancel. Ferg, I'm going to start with you today. All right. Well, that's for me. You know, I, I love the whole plot of this show. The the premise of the show is all, like they're a scary family of monsters. You know, you grew up with the the Universal monsters. I'm wearing this shirt, but it shows like deep down they're just like a wholesome family. It's like a whole beauty's only skin deep thing. Beauty's in the eye beholder, and it, all, all that crap. And um, that's another reason why I'm worried about Rob Zombie not getting that because this show has actually tried to be rebooted like at least four times. Fails every time. This nailed it perfectly the first time so you know it's gonna get a green light from me it's funny it's wholesome but i don't believe in remaking this show joe it's tough for me to want to cancel anything like this or from this age or era like this is stuff we all watched as kids right like it lives and it's so hugely important and i did love it as a kid 
I mean, I don't think I enjoyed this probably as much as I did now as I did when I was a kid, and maybe it should have lived a little bit more in my brain, but when I kept playing episode two, I didn't turn it off either, and I got some genuine laughs. I really enjoy uh, a good amount of it, so I'm going to greenlight it. Gordo. Yeah, I'm going to greenlight it. it. It's a it's a funny enough show. I mean, it, it, if you like mon- monster puns, this is your show. Again, I think that they, they dropped the ball with Lily not being a mummy, but and and it raises a whole lot of questions of like I said like how how does a vampire and a Frankenstein make a werewolf? But with that being said, it's interesting enough that I'd watch episode two. Greenlight, Nick. I remember uh, we were talking about it earlier in the episode when this was on Monster Monday. I think it was on Nick at Night, and I hated it because I I don't know what about what it was about that particular show this particular show but it was like the one where i would change the channel i was like i don't want to watch the monsters like I, there's other things on at nick at night that i'll watch all night i just didn't want to watch the monsters for some reason going back and watching it i did enjoy it more like joe touched on earlier fred gwynn is amazing and uh, what's his name al lewis who plays grandpa he was also really really funny i did i was really really on the fence with this one i didn't know which way i was gonna go but i think that it was i like Ferg said, it was very wholesome, and the the writing was smart for the time. I think, considering that it is as old as it is, it did age pretty well. And here was my problem, is I didn't know if I wanted to really watch a second episode, which is what I usually base my judgment on. And I'm not enthralled with watching a next episode, but I'm still going to greenlight it on the pilot alone, because if that was the only episode that existed, I did enjoy it. So I'm going to greenlight it. All right, yeah, so... I'm with the rest of you guys. I'm going to green light this as well. It's simple. There's a lot of things plot wise explanation that, you know, I thought they didn't touch on properly. And when you really deep dive it, but again, we're talking about a show from the sixties. That's about monsters living in a modern world. So, you know, it's tough to make that stuff make sense sometimes. And, you know, it was lighthearted. It was fun. You know, the characters were all lovable. I thought they did a really good job with it. So I wouldn't have made the first episode like the masquerade party i would have kind of wanted to see them in their environment a little bit more if i was writing the pilot they probably would have stayed home more of it so you could kind of just get a, a full vibe of their everyday living but you know that aside i did i like the episode enough and i already said i'm green lighting it so five for five from us guys uh monsters hundred percent uh you do live on for episode two you have been greenlit officially by us and for those of you who want to watch The Monsters, you can find that right now on Peacock. So if you subscribe to Peacock, uh, all seasons are available for streaming there. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. So thank you for everyone who is listening. Go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you're going to find all the links to where to listen to us, where to subscribe to our social medias, uh, rate, review, do all that fun stuff, spread the word, let people know about this show and that you like it. And if you don't like it, hit them up anyways go and complain to them about the show because maybe they'll listen to it because they want to know what you hated so much but that's it that's all the time we have thanks guys we'll catch you next week goodbye come on fella take that helmet off <laughs> <laughs> I love the old tiny voice <laughs> <laughs>